One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What up? You're listening to Almost Accurate. I'm Jake. I'm Clit Harrington. Hello, Clit Harrington. Where do you, uh, I have a hard time finding you sometimes. Can you, can you stick your hand up so I can locate you a little more easily? I'm over here. Oh. Next to the mole. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Is t- further to the left or the, to the right? Shoot for the middle. Am I hot or cold? Just keep rubbing it like on like it's a lipstick. Well, it's going to remain a mystery, Ryan. Thanks for being here tonight. <laughs> You're welcome. And that was Clint Harrington. <laughs> that was my new character, Clint Harrington. And me, <laughs> the guy who can't find Clint Harrington. <laughs> like a Mr. Magoo situation. You'll stumble yep, across you... <laughs> it eventually. <laughs> yep, anyways, this is a podcast about movies, about TV shows, about video games. We haven't done this in about a month or so because we've had summer vacations, some traveling. Like I said, I've been to some hot places. I had some ass sweat I had to deal with. But now we're back. You just described <laughs> it, everything you did. I've been here the whole time. Ah, <laughs> I can't. I can only talk from my own experiences. I'm trying to think what I did. I've done nothing. Oh, shit. I find that hard to believe that you've done literally nothing. It's just sitting catatonic for the last six weeks. I mean, I may have rolled over a little bit, but I've been in a deep, dark depression. Oh, well, that sounds like fun. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> no. All right. Anyways, we got some fire. We got some fire content for you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about... Swamp ass, depressive episodes. We're going to be talking about a guy who said he was going to give away some PS5s and caused a riot. We're going to be talking about not one, but two, possibly three movies. We'll see what we can remember. But yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) It's very uh, very late at night, and if you can't tell, we get progressively sillier, and Ryan gets progressively sleepier the later we do this, so... In case I fell asleep you... during these episodes before. Yes, yep. two in a row. Yes. Let me tell you, listeners at home, when I'm editing this at like 1130 at night and you, I realize that Ryan's waveform was very, very flat for a long time, I'm like, yep, that's where it happened. <laughs> sometimes I go off and I'm just like listening to you talk about your thing. So sometimes I do go flat. <laughs> sometimes I do just get up like take the trash out start work doing some of the dishes i just masturbate <laughs> if you hear the sound of skin flapping don't mind me oh clit harrington's at it again oh no, this is dick ballsington 
Dick Ballsington. You're slipping. Just like I am Clinton. still slipping. It's late <laughs> at night, man. Clinton Harrington came to me like an hour and a half ago. I was like, you know what? I'm going to introduce myself as Clint Harrington. Oh, great. hell yes. <laughs> I love that you're just sitting around workshopping that and being like, oh, I've got to give Clint Harrington a run for it tonight. Oh, yeah. A pod has got to hear about this. The world will know. Let me expose my thoughts to you. Let me just expose everything to you. Well, Ryan, how would you feel being exposed to uh, a free PlayStation 5? I mean, Spider-Man's coming out. I don't have a PlayStation 5. So I'd probably feel pretty damn good about it. Would you feel good if you showed up to, uh, I don't know, say a large city after a popular Twitch streamer promised to give away free ps5s and then there weren't enough and it caused an actual riot uh bring a shank with you is all yeah. i got to say <laughs> yes apparently the word word on the street is that uh, kai sanat was arrested in new york after a giveaway event turned chaotic according to ign so he promoted a huge giveaway with the promises of free ps5s and other gaming items before his event eventually spiraled into absolute chaos and pandemonium leading to him being arrested. So interesting times out there. I wonder what uh, they charged him with anything. I mean, this happened like a week ago. Um, you know, it was news whenever it happened, but I haven't heard anything else about it. Yeah. So according to Yahoo news and Kai Sinat speaking out for the first time since this happened, said he is uh, beyond disappointed with the large group that flooded Union Square Park. Uh, he said it was supposed to be a safe and fun giveaway. Um, <laughs> thousands of people descended on this particular park uh, after it happened, and he was charged with one felony, a first-degree riot, causing, oh, public causing public injury and damage and two misdemeanors, inciting a riot and unlawful assembly. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of people in this photo. No wonder. <laughs> when they said um, riot, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but Ryan, there is literally like 3,000 people in this photo. <laughs> yeah, there was like a ton of people. I saw stuff on the news where they were talking about it because I was like, what? Um, yeah. I was like, how does a PS5 start a riot? Because, you know, they kind of give you like some kind of ambiguous um, headline to keep you watching. You're like, well, how do you put these pieces together? But yeah, it's crazy. I would also like to point out that some people fight old site riots. Nothing happens. Well, here's the thing. Try to overthrow the government. Nothing's probably going to happen to you. If you dare to give away too many PlayStation 5s, the hammer of justice falls down on you. So it's good to know that we have our, um, we in this priorities. country, we have our priorities in, in order, is what I'm saying. Yeah, this place um, is a tank. <laughs> So, um, Sanat said it was never my intention for things to happen the way it happened. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> said he'll have to chill for a little bit from appearances on social media because I've got court dates I've got to appear to. <laughs> you know, I'm breaking off into a tangent. I think that we're going to be left with Donald Trump and Joe. Now, first go around, I was like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Joe because I'm tired of Trump. Not that that's changed, but God, <laughs> I don't really want to vote for either of them. Let me we tell could, you. Uh, I'm going to write in this giant douche again. <laughs> I'm going to write in this guy's name. I think he'd be a great president. 
I'm just going to write my own name in and let's see what happens. Clit Harrington. Exactly. <laughs> with Vice President Dick Balsington. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a winning combo there. I mean, they they will impregnate the nation, you know? I like that the campaign banner would be Harrington and Ballsington. <laughs> yeah, Harry Ballsington. <laughs> Harry Ballsington. <laughs> Oh, good. That's good stuff right there. Anyways, six and a half million followers on Twitch. And it looks like every single one of them was in this park. (laughs) Yeah, there was a shit ton of people. But, you know, it. a bunch of people know about something and they're going there peacefully. And then some people get invited and they suck. And then there's a lot of other people that suck. And then these people who suck are trying to pull down the good the good eggs, and then it's crazy. Apparently there was a lot of police presence there a while after they had arrested the streamer and the uh, crowds had dispersed. I don't know. We live in a strange world. We do live in a... We sure do live in a strange world. Um, Yeah, I... People don't know how to act in public is what I... Is what I take from this. Like, I just wonder what I, foreign countries think. They're like, "Hey, did you see about those dumb Americans who voted for like a TV superstar? Superstar is a little unfair. TV celebrity superstar was they, a bit generous. You remember that yeah. guy that declared bankruptcy three times and then was on The Apprentice? Yeah, 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 that guy. And then those <laughs> stupid Americans who are fighting and destroying their own city." Because of some free PlayStations, like, geez. I mean, we f- we will literally curb stomp a grandma on the day after Thanksgiving for a, you know, 50% off a microwave. So this isn't exactly I... outside of our normal behavior. I know. Well, you're the one that had the uh, issues with the uh, microwave some years ago. <laughs> yeah. I feel Mine... like there's a story there. Mine curb stomp somebody. <laughs> no, my... Uh, then girlfriend, now wife, uh, wanted to have a corn on the cob one night, and so she stuck some corn on the cob in the microwave, and it exploded. Um, <laughs> and by exploded, I mean the plate it was sitting on actually displo- exploded and uh, turned into a pile of dust. And let me tell you, that shit was loud, and it scared me. <laughs> it scared both of us. <laughs> I did you scream? Like, ah! No, but we were just like, what the fuck was that? And I open it up, and there's a cold thing of corn on the cob sitting on top of a pile of dust. It's just a bunch of popcorn. You're like, oh, no. No, it wasn't even popcorn. <laughs> Shit was still cold. <laughs> it was the, It's the ultimate, you know, your hot, hot-ass bowl of cold food is ready. It's like, this shit's like still frozen, but the plate literally exploded. Well, so, you yeah. know what would fix that? If you put tinfoil, if you covered the popcorn with tinfoil... All right, or you gotta in, you gotta direct some extra heat to the corn. Yeah. Yes, the corn on the cob, and then it's the, it, it's the sparks that will help cook it faster, right? Exactly. <laughs> wow. It'll be entertaining and tasty. Dinner and a movie. <laughs> Please stand by with those fire extinguishers because this shit's about to get interesting. All in one way to find out, bro. <clears throat> well, Ryan. Um, Two questions for you. Yes. Sorry, Mr. Harrington. Yes, yes. Senator Harrington. 
Um, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming you have prior government experience, but oh yeah, also Fucking not necessary. Apparently, <laughs> you don't really but, need to know how anything works or care about things or care about anyone other than yourself to do this job. So, um, so two questions: one, do you like helicopter rides? Um, is this some kind of sexual window? Window? Believe it or not. No, not oh, this it's like time. a tossing salad situation. I've actually <laughs> never have been in a helicopter. Have you had a nice, refreshing glass of lemonade? Oh yes, we went to um, Bush Gardens, and it was actually a slushy lemonade. Very good, highly recommended. Now, are you a tart lemonade or a sweet lemonade guy? Um, I mean. They, I didn't know there was a difference. I didn't know. I've had both, I'm assuming. Mm. So is there two saying, different ones? So what you're saying is you like it both ways. Yeah, I'm bisexual when it comes to my lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a long way of saying that uh, <laughs> apparently uh, Will Smith went on Kevin Hart's podcast uh, and said that a helicopter ride and some lemonade <laughs> from Steven Spielberg convinced him to uh, do Men in Black. Now, I'm thinking of Will Smith, and I'm thinking, like, his peak was, like, Men in Black. Could you imagine if he didn't do that? Like, he had Independence Day, and he had, like... Well, he didn't even have I Am Legend at the time, so that came later. So It'd be kind of curious to see how his career would have went. That helicopter ride and refreshing glass of lemonade did not exist. Well, I mean, he still had French, 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 Prince, Fresh yeah. Prince is the word I was trying to say, but I didn't. French bread. <laughs> he still had the French bread of, and uh, <laughs> everyone loved that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will Smith is def. I'd say his career's definitely been a little bit um, rocky, a bit of a lull there, and then he punched Chris Rock in the face, and we haven't really heard from him as much. He slapped him. He slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock. <laughs> the office Leslie David Baker will return to Kickstarter. Will return, sorry, not returning to Kickstarter. Will return Kickstarter money to fans who tried to get his spinoff to air. So good I, on you, Stanley. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I, surely he initiated that. That didn't come out of nowhere. But I'm just curious what. Let so me type in Leslie David Baker legal allegations. <laughs> you can look up Lizzo for that. Um, <laughs> I wonder, his character is not as he was a side character. I think all those characters needed each other to play off, and there was a big enough cast that it didn't feel boring. But if you just concentrate on his character, I'm sure they would have spruced it up, made it better, but don't think he would be able to carry a whole show right? yeah you can only watch stanley fill out so many um crossword <laughs> puzzles by himself so he announced this kickstarter campaign in 2020 um with raising a goal of raising three hundred thousand dollars um and they wound up bringing in close to three hundred forty thousand dollars but that was three years ago. There's been no news of it. And so people apparently were calling him out on Twitter, alleging that he has scammed them out of their money. So. 
Well, where did the money sit during that time, I wonder? Um, probably Stanley's bank account. You know, it would be very smart of him to invest. What's a CD. what's a seven-letter word for um, stealing money from people and not giving it back? Sorry, six-letter word. Mines with an extra S. We were actually looking for scammed, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll take that too. <laughs> um, that's a shame. It seems like why does he need three hundred thousand dollars? Does not seem like a lot of money to do that, but also he's got that kind of money, so that well, does seem like that does seem a bit shady <laughs> to do that. Well, he needs to get with the dude to buy, uh, was that, Brian Bumgarner, who plays Kevin? Kevin makes, like, a million dollars a year from just doing, like, appearances and stuff. Oh, yeah. He'll, he will absolutely show up to, like, your rich 12-year-old's birthday party, pretend to dump some chili on the ground or whatever. He fucking loves that shit. He'll go to like, Comic-Con. He doesn't care. <laughs> in the ranking of the characters... Let's, he would be in like the bottom tier. I don't think there'd be many people ahead of him or uh, behind him. Creed and him would probably be kind of towards the bottom. Oh, what if we got a Creed prequel? A Creed prequel? A prequel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I That's... think that would be like a horror movie. Probably. Wasn't there that one time that he had blood all over him or something? Yeah, wasn't he in, like, part of organized crime or something back in the day? Yeah, and eats those mung beans. <laughs> uh, I can just, yeah, I can picture, like, a hangover style, like, just Creed prequel where he's just living in, like, Bangkok or something. <laughs> Escaping I mean, the authorities. Like Scarface and cocaine. I mean, it just goes together, man. It's PB&J. Yeah. Um, Barbie has officially grossed over $1 billion as of four days ago. So probably wow. more money now, I'm guessing. I probably, so. probably didn't stop. They probably did. As soon as they hit a billion, they're like, all right. <laughs> they go around it's to every movie. theater and just take their copy of the DVD back. Because that's how it works, right? They mail out DVDs. <laughs> Tell them to put it in the player. <laughs> put it in the player. Don't hit the player. <laughs> Hate the game. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how movie theaters work. <laughs> I this kind of blows my mind. This, I knew this movie was coming. I was well aware of it beforehand, probably like a year ahead, because you know they were talking about it. Did Man, not we were talking it. about it. We did the whole paint it. story. We were the first ones that found out they took all that pink paint. Yeah, that was a, we, that was us. We broke it to the world. And what did we get in return? Nothing. Yep, Nothing. no pink paint. Let me tell you. Let me tell you that much. Could well, you didn't mix red and white. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to get it pure from the source, directly from it. Anyways, uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I immediately jumped in and derailed our conversation. Well, I, you know, we saw this coming a long time ago, and I think, I well, I felt like. Could be wrong. I know from my. I was just like, Barbie movie. I just assume it was going to be towards kids. Like that's what they were going to aim it towards. And I was like, what a dumb concept. Like this movie is going to be terrible. Here it is. Like 
doing really well. And the marketing campaign was very good because two movies of opposite nature um, decided to co-collab in how they marketed it. I, I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure out what, how on earth... Because surely to God, Christopher Nolan is not, he doesn't strike me as someone that cares about uh, Instagram marketing or anything like that. Uh, but maybe he's just burned after his experience trying to release Tenet after, and the studio kind of fucked him over a little bit. He's still really salty with, with the, the WB after that. WB, the Warner Brothers. The Fuck Warner Brothers. Bad. As we, as everyone calls them, and Channel Three on uh, Time Warner Cable, <laughs> it used to be. Yeah, you always Hell. had to turn on the WB if you had to turn on before you turned your PS2 on. Ah, take 3. me back, brother! Take me back! <laughs> now you can just turn that shit on. Well, I guess you have to change the input. Well, for me, I do, but yeah, times have changed. Or freaking changed. Absolutely. Uh, Adam Devine, um, star of Pitch Perfect, Workaholics, and, of course, our personal favorite, Righteous Gemstones. He said that he feels that Marvel has ruined comedy films because the latter's budgets can't compete with the likes of Guardians 3 or the Marvels. What fucking movie has he been in where they needed, like, a billion dollars to make it? Well, I, so I actually saw this interview. He did it with the guy with the mullet that's kind of funny, Theo Vaughn. Um, and then afterwards, like a day or so after, I seen this article and I posted it. He was just saying, like, action movies or superhero movies have ruined comedies because there used to be, like, a certain number of comedies that you could guarantee were going to get released out there. Um movie theaters now the number has dwindled so much because everybody's trying to put out like action movies that are superhero movies it's been like that for a while because they know that's gonna work um i i would um i i would agree to a certain extent that maybe it has set the industry as a whole back because everyone wants to try to do that but comedy films in particular i think they stopped making comedy films because they stopped making money <laughs> I think that was the that was the issue with that, and that was happening a while before um, Marvel movies were really hitting their stride. Do you remember? Well, do you remember the? Do you remember the campaign, Ryan? I do. I own it. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, there you have it, folks. There's one person that I have met that owns a copy of the campaign because if I had told you that over 10 years ago that Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis were in a movie where they both ran for, was it president? Was it, wasn't it like North Carolina Senate or some shit like that? Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> for North Carolina. Of a political action, not a political action movie, just a political comedy with two of them in it. You'd be like, that movie is not real. And you just made that up. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was, I thought it was pretty good. There was some good stuff. It was just stupid. But he was, Adam was saying, like, um, they, in the past, they would release, like, maybe 15 comedies a year. Yeah. Then now they, like, one year, like, recently, maybe it was last year, they released two to theaters. And they released them at the same time instead of spreading them out. So it didn't really give them the option to make money. So if you were like, hey, I want to go see a comedy, you had two choices 
at that given moment. So you had to make a decision instead of like, you know, spacing it out and yeah. being like, oh. Well, we saw Holmes and Watson. It's not Marvel's fault that was made. Oh, no. But <laughs> just one example. You know, there could well, be like uh, the other guys. But I think about that music too. What if there was no Nirvana? Then flannel would have never been as popular in the 90s, I'm guessing. Lumberjack fever, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would uh, I would say as a whole, it affects like all movies, but comedy in particular, I think that they just, they hit a patch where they released a bunch of bad comedies and people stopped going to see them in the movies. And now I think the just taste around those types of movies and they're, they're just different. It's like now you can't put out a comedy movie unless it's like really sad for like half of it or or something, you know, it's got to be like a drama that has like a few funny moments or something in it. And, I, and yeah, I think I don't, I wouldn't, I disagree is what I'm saying. Well, I disagree with you. So it All looks right. like we're at a stalemate. Well, it, so. it looks it looks like we've got a real feral and Galifianakis situation brewing here. I'll be feral. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think ultimately, and maybe you can agree with this, well, better comedies. I would like, I have hit my, some of the, or my max on superhero movies. Yeah, I've watched, I just wanted better stuff in general. Yeah. Well, we won't get that, though, with the writer's strike still going. Well, speaking of which, and again, still speaking about Marvel, uh, visual effects workers are voting to unionize at Disney, setting up an industry-changing precedent. So, we've talked about this before, but it, it seems and like there's been a... The way that they have cranked out some of the stuff, they are really leaning hard on some of these VFX studios um, to really crunch to get certain visual effects done sometimes only finishing stuff maybe a few days before they're supposed to post an episode on Disney Plus and stuff like that and as a result um you know stuff is rushed it doesn't look as good the quality goes down uh but the schedule has not really let up at least before the writer strikes so this is probably a good thing overall because i think that they <laughs> really need to take their foot off the gas with the rate that they were cranking this stuff out. People are fatigued and the people that are working on it are obviously about sick of it. So in the plot lines, there's a lot of questions like in the most recent um, show um, secret invasion. They gained it. (laughs) I don't want to ruin it for you, but somebody becomes incredibly powerful and going it's like really powerful and I no one knows how they're going to write the ship on that. I, I mean, you've already done time travel, so I don't know if they could do that. But, I don't know. They've just kind of painted themselves into a corner. It's amazing to see like we were really high on this, um, like when WandaVision first dropped and we're like, oh, hell yeah, Marvel TV shows. It's a new format. They're just doing too much. <laughs> if it was yeah. like one or one or two of them a year, in addition to like one or two movies, that'd be great. But I don't want to watch 
I don't want to have to watch eight different TV shows so I can understand who these characters are in the movies, especially when they've not been introduced anywhere else other than one of these Disney Plus shows. Yeah, it's like doing homework, and I don't like doing fucking homework. Yeah, I would say majority of the um, the TV shows have been bad. Like Loki was pretty good. WandaVision was pretty good. Loki, um, Loki, pretty great. Yeah, Loki. I'm excited for Loki uh, season two, but uh, what is it? Kamala Khan. Um, oh, Miss Marvel. Yeah, I didn't think that that was great. One with the Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I didn't think okay. that was that great. Um, and Secret Invasion wasn't that great. Hawkeye um, was all right, from what I remember. It was kind of not I like memorable that. though. Christmas time, I think. Because I think when things are around the holidays and you watch it, you're like, oh, this Christmas is kind of fun. I I don't know how great that was if you took out the fact that it was Christmas time. Yeah, there's just not a lot of great stuff there. And some of the stuff, I mean, what they just use that idea to put out a movie, you know? Because overall, these shows are probably like six hours, or not 40 minutes, 30 minutes a piece. I mean, that's well enough to be like a movie after you do like five of them. So you could like cut out the fat and just put the good parts, put out a movie. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You, uh, and it seems like a conscious choice to, I don't know. I don't know what their strategy is, but it's clear that they have hit kind of money. a wall with money. Yeah, money right. is the... I think that their goal is to make as much money as possible while spending the least amount of money possible. You know what? I will stand with you side by side. <laughs> Follow almost jacket for more business tips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a pyramid scheme. I like to call it a triangle scheme. <laughs> um, and our last uh, last bit of news is some sad news. Uh, King of the Hill actor. Um, voice actor for a Mr. Dale Gribble by the name of Johnny Hardwick has passed away at the age of 64. And uh, this is coming via uh, TMZ. Yeah, they found him so, unresponsive in his house after they were doing a wellness check. So my thought is if he's very closely to his character, that something governmental happened. He smoked too many cigarettes and finally came to that. Or, yeah, those are the only options. Mm. So I really kind of bummed about it because they're going to be doing a new show, a revival. It is sad. We were talking about it earlier today. How are we going to? Two, 258 episodes. There's only 259. So he's in all but one. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, what one was he not in? It had to be something where Hank went without him, but it's very far and few between. Yeah, that is uh, it is sad because that was I think uh, that's an King of the Hill is an all timer for uh, all timer for both of us. So he certainly will be missed. And Dale Gribble, obviously amazing character. (laughs) He was uh, definitely into the conspiracy theories long before that became cool. Uh, yeah, he was the original Tom DeLong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just hug your homies as tight as you can. You know what I'm saying? Two hundred fifty nine times. Yeah. Well, Ryan, um, uh, 
we have both seen a couple different movies over the past, uh, well, <laughs> I was going to say past week, but really we haven't podcasted in over a month. So you want to talk about what you've been, what you've been watching and I'll talk yes. about the, the certain pink hued movie that I have went to see over the weekend. Yes. I will be relatively quick with mine because there's actually three things. No, take your time. We are doing great on time. Are we? Um, so <laughs> I saw the new Ninja Turtles movie. I, the art style, very good. Enjoyed that. And I was not very high on this movie after watching it. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of bummed me out. I thought, so we live in this world where right now it's trendy People just want to be accepted, so people are writing that into things. I kind of miss, like, the sadness of the world that we lived in before. Where's that? <laughs> the turtles so, are... You're saying you would have enjoyed this movie if it was more depressing? Well, let me explain. All um, right. Please because that might, that might help bring it together a bit. So they are crime fighters, long to be accepted and go to high schools like where they want to go because they've seen Ferris Bueller and like a whole bunch of stuff. Ultimately, yes, want to be accepted. People, okay. So of course, they their father tells them no, and Splinter is played by Jackie Chan, hilarious. Um, his dialogue, um, and they basically run into april they meet and stuff and she's trying to figure them out it's kind of like an origin story and the story is explained then the difference here is there is a group of mutants who are all hanging together the turtles stumble across these guys and girls mutants and they all become friends so i'm talking like bebop and rocksteady wingnut uh, leatherhead all these characters that were in the show, but whenever you meet them in the old TV shows, they already had a, like a side that they were established with or, you know, someone they were working with. It wasn't like okay. they were all living together. So that's like a difference, which was okay. Um, it kind of adds, you know, a different layer to it, which is kind of cool. Um, and then ultimately ice cubes character, Superfly, is um, pretty much the big brother to, all these mutants kind of boss them and stuff. And he mm. wants to, he wants to find acceptance in the world. Basically his means of doing that is to make all the humans mutants. Oh, so okay. Gene and, you know, he does that and they stop him or they attempt to stop him. And ultimately he becomes like this big super fly thing, but he is a combination of like horses uh, a whale, uh, some narwhals. I mean, it's all over the place. It, you have to see that part because that's crazy. Um, that sounds fucking horrific. Yeah, it's like some <laughs> kaiju show at the end. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, and then um, at the end, you know, the New Yorkers work together to help the turtles, I guess, all the other mutants defeat Superfly, um, which eventually they do. Surprise. And then, like, Turtles end up going to high school or yeah, high school at the end of it. And I was like, what? Mm. and then all the mutants that were on the group that was with Superfly 
they end up like or being near like friendly with the turtles and that so that's a little different and i was like that acceptance shit's a little weird um like <laughs> so no you're gonna accept a turtle coming to school i mean yeah it'd be cool but i mean so like, yeah man, what's up you know <laughs> and like how do they get there i mean yeah donatello's the smart one and he could probably pass some stuff but the other guys really smart are they to be able to do stuff you know splinter is a rat and i don't think that he taught them two plus two is four you know <laughs> or any of the other stuff that's a little more so there's some <laughs> splinter some is a fucking rat he's can't he keep a secret <laughs> yeah doesn't uh, can't go splinter to school too with some kind of weird thing that doesn't say any real words it's just gibberish it's like a weird no. mutant um, and then at the end, in the uh, mid credit scene, they show Shredder's kind of coming on board. He approaches on a ship, so pun intended about coming on board. Um, so overall, I was I thought the art style was cool. Some of the action scenes, yeah, it was cool. The humor, like the milking of the turtles, funny. There was a scene wherever uh, Splinter says that he, whenever he was like a rat. He, the only friend he had was like a cockroach named Kevin. And one day Kevin died, so he ate him. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I did LOL on that when I saw that. But overall, I'd probably give that movie a 5 out of 10. Ooh, disappointing. So that you are the resident Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles expert of the podcast. I really do love the turtles. I grew up Self, with them. Self-professedly. And your mind... What is the ideal TMNT movie? And what would you change about this one to make it more like it? More like the ideal thing that you maybe have in your head or that you're looking for? Um, well, we can just get that acceptance bullshit out of the way. I kind of like wherever they live in the shadows. And it's not like immediate, like instant gratification thing. I really love... Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. You had the ninja rap. Did not have Bebop. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rocksteady, which was kind of Tokar and Razar, which are other characters, whatever. Same thing. Um, so I would definitely to be more like that. I mean, you had Super Shredder. I really enjoy Shredder. I kind of enjoy some of the sci-fi um, aspects of it. I would say the best 
my favorite version of the Ninja Turtles is probably the 2012 TV show. But if I had to okay. pick a movie, it would be Ninja Turtles 2 with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> it was my favorite one. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people really hate on the Michael Bay ones. I don't think that they're that bad. Now, I haven't watched them in a while, but, I mean, there's not a lot of terrible things I can say about it. I kind of enjoyed them. Better than this, would you say? Yeah. Mm. I mean, the art style was really cool in this. I mean, don't get me wrong, this thing had positives, but I think you have, like, this A-plus feature. Kind of wasted on a bit of a weak script, maybe. Yeah, and people are really going, like, oh, this is great, this is great. And If that brings more turtles to the world, then I'm happy about it, but it's just not the turtles. So maybe I'm just yeah. old. You know, the turtles used to be really violent and stuff whenever they first came out. And then by the time my generation got a hold of the turtles, they had really softened them. <laughs> it's like their shells were just getting not not as hard anymore. Um, Papa Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> Papa Viagra, you turtle dudes. Um <laughs> For me, as someone on the outside that has not engaged with most of this stuff, it is, it's fascinating to watch because this, in a media landscape where we're constantly talking about things getting rebooted and retooled and, and you know kind of repackaged for a different audience, this franchise in particular, they seem like they go through some kind of different reboot every three or four years. And it's, I cannot for the life of me, keep track of what version we're on what you know what part of the canon this is whether they're rewriting certain things whether this is a reboot if, if it's a continuation it's it seems impenetrable to ever be able to understand at this point well so you they were really really big in the 90s late 80s and 90s and now we're in like the superhero movie phenomenon I feel like they're trying to bring them back because they want to get it to that level. Um, ultimately, let's just be honest, it's about the monies. They just cannot get there. I mm. will also say, because we had spoke about this earlier, Ninja Turtles is now on the new Street Fighter game, which Street Fighter game looked kind of cool in the previews that I've seen. Um, but they're charging $15 per turtle, so you're going to have to pay $60 for all four turtles and people are like, this is a price gouge. Fuck you. Fuck off. And they kind of poached them from injustice as well. Didn't they? Cause that's where they were. Well, um, was, they did have them and, and they used one kind of setup and reskinned the turtles. The only difference was, you know, that their weapons and stuff and some of their attacks and what they had said, whenever they walked out there, like initially in, Fights. There's always like some brief dialogue. So I mean, Ninja Turtles are starting to come back, and I would be definitely play that new Street Fighter game. Um, I would probably wait until the greatest hits came out, whatever, so you could get it and you get all the turtles and stuff like that, because that would be kind of cool. Probably what I'll do about the new Mortal Kombat game too, because Homelander and Peacemaker are in it. So, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> yes, everyone loves some good Homelander. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, he's my favorite character from that show. Um, Fucking psychopath. The, 
<laughs> I know. He's the wild card. You never know what he's going to do. He makes it, he's very entertaining. Um, other thing that I watched was Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'll be real brief on this. This was also kind of a letdown. Um, there were some aesthetically pleasing things about this. Like there's a scene wherever they're in spacesuits and they're running across. They're all in different space suits, but it was very vibrant colors. That's kind of fun and kind of like 70s. Um, but ultimately, yeah, real too much freaking emotion in it. It's like everything's sad and sucks, and I get they were trying to play it from a different a different way to go out with a bang, but that just, it did not set well with me. I was just like, this is dumb. Like, let's go out guns blazing. Let's not go out there all mopey. And ultimately, that movie was about acceptance, too. Oh, From- well, wait till, wait till we get to the last one we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I would, I don't know. You can watch it. You can finish out the trilogy, you know. I would say this is probably <laughs> the weaker one out of the trilogy. You know, oh, there's all that meme of the dragon whenever it's like the three-headed dragon, the two look really vicious, and the third one just looks dumb. This is the dumb <laughs> one for me. Got, oh, got great reviews. I just there was just too much emotion there and like sadness. I'm just like <sighs> Was the soundtrack good at least? Um soundtrack was not nearly as good as the other i mean there were some songs that were good and it was just like a different approach altogether the music wasn't as bright and sunny it had more dynamic to it which is great but i i don't know and the movie kind of ruined it for me and i I did listen to the soundtrack before the movie and i remember thinking like huh this is weird and different this isn't like those bright sunny like 70s and 60s songs uh, Definitely a that's a more. that's a bit of a bummer because that's usually their big claim to fame is that oh we've got some old songs and reused them in really creative and interesting ways. So good to hear that they dropped the ball on that too. Uh, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> so um, yeah, <laughs> I have nothing else to to add on Guardians of the Galaxy. To be perfectly honest, uh, so thanks for taking one for the team, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, you hated it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it was too emotional. Um, and the I will add one other thing that I saw that I really did enjoy. Is um, it Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? Shit, I forgot I saw that too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really... That was pretty good. I don't think that was like the best Mission Impossible movie, but... I thought I found it entertaining. I enjoyed that. But I kind of just miss movies like, you know, you get what you pay for. You know, I don't need all this extra like feelings and emotions and bullshit. Just give me the cold, hard, like in your face <laughs> action. We watched Fast and the Furious last night, your first one. And I was like, this is this is what I want. Just, you know, <laughs> overcomplicate it and give like characters more try to make a more developed i don't care i just want to see somebody go out there and blow some people away in a franchise that has continuously tried to out ridiculous each of the last installment in it how jarring is it to go back to that original one where it's just cars and dvd players and coronas 
it, there was Coronas. Uh, I uh, well, it could be a, a nostalgia thing, but I kind of enjoy. It. It's kind of fun to go back and look at the stupid styles and stuff, and see all these people and how they grew up. Vin Diesel's like fifty six right now, and I think he was like my age whenever he started doing Fast and the Furious movies. And then uh, Paul Walker, he was probably like thirty. So it's kind of interesting that I always thought these guys were in their twenties whenever they started this, but they were further along. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's, I mean, I, the movies I think get better as it goes on until you know, until probably like until, the they, until they don't. <laughs> yeah, I think the eighth one is when it started going downhill. I could be wrong about that. It may have been sooner than that, but. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed those movies. I once again, I just don't need all the bullshit. Just give me like what it is. Like watch the transporter not too long ago. I think during our hiatus. That's with Jason Statham. We watched all three of them. The third one sucked for sure. But the first two were so good. <laughs> it is Very. um it is just genuinely reflective of how movies were made around you know, from 1995 to 2010 or so. There's just a certain sentiment of that, that I, part of it's nostalgia. Part of it is just that literally the way that movies are made and the things that they tend to focus on now are just completely different. So I, I understand it's a simpler in a way it is a simpler time and yeah, I get it. And a lot of it greatly depends on what you're looking for and what kind of entertainment you're trying to uh, engage with. Yeah, I just want action sometimes, you know? I don't need all the extra stuff. I mean, just give me, like, some crazy person who's, like, going out there seeking revenge. I can dig it. Um, don't give me, like... Don't try to make them any more than what they need to be. Um, the other thing... that I so said, the Mission Impossible movie, I thought that was pretty good. There were some nail-biting moments there. The big stunt there, um, he rides, uh, Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle off a mountain and tries to get on a train. Um, that wasn't as exciting as they had built it up to be. I think once he's on the train and the tracks get blown up and they're trying to run from cart to cart to get to wherever the carts aren't getting pulled down uh, into a flow. That was like a very nail-biting moment. I enjoyed that thoroughly. So, yeah, I love those movies. That new one was a good one. I would definitely see that one. And lastly, The Righteous Gemstones. Newest season. We just finished watching it like two days we, ago. We just finished watching it. What did, did you, you think like? about that finale? Baby Billy's uh, Bible Bunkers. <laughs> yes, I love that. I fucking loved it. Whenever they first announced it, I was like, that's hilarious. And then, like, it, this is just family feud. No, it's Baby Billy's Bible Bunkers. <laughs> just like the whole time, he was just, that was his only agenda through the whole season. I, I love it. I love Walter Goggins. Uh, I think he's fucking funny as hell. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, so good. Um, uh, I love that there's an actual plague of locusts that descended <laughs> in this season. An actual yeah, yeah. act of God. 
Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. You know, one of the things that was just kind of weird to me about the season was the NASCAR driver um, and the family that was fighting for the NASCAR driver's like money, I guess, so for their church. They were there earlier in the season, and also, oh yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, they appeared at the end. I was like, oh, this is on again. Yeah, it was. It was uh, it was really interesting. I liked um, that Baby Billy shows up and he's like, "Yeah, we went. To, I went to a full on orgy with this dude." <laughs> and Gene Hackman, the guy that looked and like Gene him. Hack- <laughs> oh my god! That yeah, that um, that last episode is one of the most manic things I think I've ever watched. I don't think I've ever felt so many different emotions in one like forty minute episode between. Like that locust part really did fucking freak me out because I've made me feel really like claustrophobic and and weird. But just minutes before that, where they're doing (laughs) Walton Goggins is doing the whole song and dance where I think that that was his whole mission was to mostly just do that and then ask a few questions afterwards. (laughs) I loved the Bible Bonkers theme song performed in front of a live band and studio audience. (laughs) You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was like it was like an exclamation kind of situation. So the locusts come in there, and Baby Billy's um, emblem of himself falls and like crushes some dude's head. And blood goes everywhere. I was like, yeah. wow, that was totally something I didn't expect to see. But it was like one of those like touches that you're like, shit's going down for real. Oh yeah, um, we see like the blood spatter and it just rolls off. Yeah. Um, the other part is they went on, like, after they talked to the, um, race car driver or whatever, and that other family, then it went into, like, the militia stuff with, uh, their cousins, or their uncle and their cousins. That was, like, a completely, like, left turn there. And then they, like, took a right and came back to it. It was very strange. The militia thing, it all kind of came together at the end, but... One of the yes, plot I, lines was kind of dismissed. I did enjoy that that entire plot line resembles both. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Iron Giant, <laughs> um, and also at the end of. Well, I can say that it did it first. <laughs> Again, this is kind of a superhero archetype, and then the Dark Knight rises, where he's flying the nuke over the ocean to let it blow up. Very similar sort of situation happening here at the end of uh, this episode as well. <laughs> Dies at the end. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's a dude. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah, no. I mean, spoiler alert for that movie that came out in like 1998, which also, again, starring Vin Diesel as the voice of the Iron Giant. But uh, yeah, no, similar sort of thing. Russia's launches a nuke, launches a nuke. Uh, Iron Giant catches it and flies up into space, <laughs> out of everyone's way, and then that shit explodes. <laughs> Russia ever gets like the hint where people are like, just keep. We're the villains. Yeah, like maybe we should like chill out a little bit or something. You know, our people. Uh, so far, really I don't think I don't think they I don't think they've got the message. Yeah, well, I doesn't think it's seem like, like it. Parties. Oh my god! But, yeah, <laughs> things that I watched. So Ninja um, Turtle. Five out of ten. 
Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll give that like a 5 out of 10 as well. The Mission Impossible movie, I'd say like 7 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. And then Righteous Gemstones' this new season, I'd say it's about 9 out of 10. I really did enjoy that. It was really good. It was really fucking good. Um, didn't even realize when we watched the last episode, it was the last episode until the end, or I was like, oh yeah, this has definitely got season finale energy with everyone's <laughs> everyone having a picnic and them whipping out the monster truck. <laughs> yeah, they're so forgiving. It's kind of funny, like they make fun of religion, but also kind of honor religion. <laughs> it's it's a weird dynamic there. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to say something there. Yeah, yeah, but they pull it off so well. And it's yeah. all filmed in Charleston, so the scenery is always like... I see Very... a, lot, a lot of weeping willows in this season. Beautiful. Just a beautiful, beautiful place. You're a beautiful, beautiful man, Jake. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so would you Bible bonkers. Um, <laughs> I have seen, uh, Barbie over the past weekend. Um, and I'll try to, I'll try to keep my thoughts like, uh, brief because I'm probably not the most like qualified person to be talking about like, um, Barbie? issues of, well, no, I actually haven't, but I was going to say not the most qualified to talk about the issues of feminism and women's place in society. Uh, so I won't really speak on that too much, but objectively cis as a movie, smell. what? <laughs> cis male. Uh, you were born a straight person. Yes. <laughs> no, I chose that. <laughs> you know yeah, how whenever you get to be 10 years old and you have to choose? It's like going back to school again, and they're like, what career do you want? And I'm like, I just learned how to ride my bike. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're going to be an accountant. <laughs> you're going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an astronaut. Sounds crazy. I guess I'll do it. Yeah, that's what I dressed up as in like second grade career day. They're like, what are you going to be? I was like, I'm going to be an astronaut. They're like, you're not going to be a fucking astronaut. <laughs> You failed at life, Jake. I'm sorry. You're here doing this podcast with me instead of being an astronaut. Well, I didn't tell you where I'm at this week. Orbiting the Earth. You're probably asking know. why I've got Wi-Fi. I'm literally on a fucking satellite right now. Of course I got Wi-Fi. <laughs> Access points for days, man. <laughs> Drops of pee floating around the station everywhere. Oh yeah. Vacuum seal Hell not yeah. tight. <laughs> oh anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Immediately got off track. Um Barbie's a good movie. Um I don't think it's I don't think it's like a perfect movie uh by any stretch of the imagination. Um but it is it is creative and funny and interesting in in ways that I think a lot of people will enjoy. I think the big elephant in the room um, is uh, people like Ted Cruz are super upset about this. Um, Ted Cruz, a little <laughs> leave his kid or something. His kid tried to kill herself or something. Well, I was gonna go when uh, Texas was frozen, and he was like, "I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> See you later, brothers." Politicians are like dumb people 
<laughs> a lot of money and like to talk about themselves. Yeah. yeah, this this is so without giving too much. Well, I'll lightly touch on the plot of Barbie because odds are you've probably seen it, and if you haven't at this point, you're probably not going to. So basically, it's it doesn't really bog itself down in the details of how this world works, but basically, there's Barbie Land and then there's the real world. What is Barbie Land? not really well defined <laughs> and it also doesn't really try to be it's basically it's a it's a world where um it's full of barbies and it's full of kins and everyone's either a barbie or a kin um and so all of the barbies because of all of her different occupations and stuff through the years um you know there's like a president and a supreme court and doctors lawyers you know all that all that stuff and margot robbie is the um her character is called stereotypical barbie so she's just you know the blonde one and um basic bitch <laughs> she she is the most basic one and her character arc basically is that she's um everything is great here as far as anyone knows um but she starts having uh thoughts of they're doing a whole song and dance where they're throwing this big party and she's like hey have you guys ever thought about dying before <laughs> Like, and okay. it's just like record scratch everyone like stops dancing i was like what the fuck are you talking <laughs> so her not owner but it, it's like they're um, every barbie is like connected to um someone in the real world and if that person is depressed it starts having physical effects on the barbie in barbie land so she it's like let's go to the real world and figure out what's what's going on here and so they've got to go talk to uh weird barbie who is played by um what's her name i'm going to cut this part out (laughs) (laughs) perfect i'm a horrible with names when it comes to it kate mckinnon um yeah kate mckinnon's so funny (laughs) i know i hate that i could not immediately recall her name um she's great in this but yeah she's basically the one that tells her how to get into the real world ken um aka um ryan gosling tags along uh and the way that they get to the real world they've got to take like uh they've got to take a car they've got to take like a train they've got to go camping they take like a rocket ship and and again it's all like these very quick like flashes but it's all like barbie themed like stuff like sets play sets that kind of stuff that's how they get to the real world when they get to the real world everything's a little bit different there ryan this place is like fucking depressing um, well, and also, we live it and, every day. And also, people are really mean to you, and they're kind of like sexist too. <laughs> and um, that's the big that's sexist towards me. <laughs> well, Ryan, as Ken will just as Ken learned, it's because of the patriarchy. <laughs> and because of the patriarchy, he takes all of the wrong lessons from the real world. He's like, oh, well, all the men are in charge here, and they love sports and horses and beer. So that, so while Barbie stays in the real world, he goes back to Barbie land. He's like, I gotta go tell everybody else here what's up. <laughs> and so, by the, yeah, uh, Barbie goes to Mattel headquarters, meets with the CEO who is played by a certain William Farrell, uh, who is oh. great in this. Very, very small role, but very memorable one. Is he's, he's very, very funny in this. Um, and 
so there's two um there's a mother and daughter in the real world basically she, barbie thinks she's going to meet the daughter she's not it's actually the mother <laughs> who uh was the one that was like connected with this barbie and she's kind of burnt out at her job she's stressed from not only being a mom but the societal expectations that uh society places on women that's why she's like stressed out and this is <laughs> Well, I do like this movie, and I agree with its overall message. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's a bit more than a bit heavy-handed in the way that it kind of beats you over the head with it to the point where it's like, yeah, I I get it, <laughs> you know. It, and it's not even like a metaphor like necessarily a little too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely it gets across the point that. Being a woman is hard. And the complicated relationships that I guess historically maybe that Barbie has had with maybe teaching girls that this is your role in society. And of course, they have tried to like mix that up and change it over the years. But obviously, having Margot Robbie be regular, you know, vanilla Barbie who, you know, she's got these like impossible like beauty standards or whatever, like it, it is an interesting contrast. But basically, they then have to go back <laughs> to the land of the Barbies only to find out that it's been fucked up because all the Ken dolls are like running things now and they've somehow brainwashed all of the Barbies that live there <laughs> into just like waiting on them and stuff. And it's kind of everything's real fucked up and weird. And <laughs> this movie goes in so many different directions. They've got to hatch. Um, they've got to hatch a plan to oh, take it, take oh, it back to. Yeah, they got to hatch a plan, uh, and it leads up to a climactic battle where they've got to convince basically the Kindles to turn on each other because they've got their own like insecurities and and stuff, and they play that off each other in a really it's a funny sort of way. It's it winds up being um, they have a battle, but they don't have guns. I can't remember how they fight each other <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's, it is funny and it winds up being this interesting literal song and dance where there's just like, they're having like a dance off and singing to each other. Meanwhile, the Barbies have basically taken back over. Um, and, uh, and yeah, <laughs> it is not the movie that I was expecting it to be <laughs> to, to say the least. I wasn't quite, I knew it was going to be something different but i did not know it was going to be this and people people are obviously loving it and i thought it was i thought it was a good movie too and you know it's one of those things like kind of like i said i definitely agree with the message it's trying to say but i i don't think it's delivered it's delivered in a very very heavy-handed sort of way and I don't know how you nuance that kind of thing but it's literally like America Ferrera who's in this she has like a five minute monologue where she's just like staring straight at the camera and, and talking about, <laughs> you know, how hard it is to be a woman. And I can't relate, but I'm sure it fucking is. And I'm sure that there's, there's things that people that women especially have to go through in this society that we will never truly understand, but it, it just, it's not really, I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to be too down on that aspect of it, but I think that it is it is pretty heavy-handed, so it's not one of those it's not a criticism you can level at it where it's like, well, <laughs> it it is it just is what it is. So maybe 
it could be some of that stuff could be written like slightly differently or it could be I don't know. I don't know what you do to change it. I mean, it is a fun movie, but it's definitely it's it's heavy handed in kind of what it has to say. And maybe that's one of the things that. It just goes of... back to the chorus too many times. I mean, if you think about music and sometimes yeah. you're like, why do they keep repeating this thing? I mean, it's catchy and it's yeah. what I've come here to kind of enjoy about the song. But at the same time, it's like. It's it like, uses... yeah because you're like okay well you've already done that what's give us something new a new dynamic yeah. instead of the same dynamic but maybe this movie was set out to prove a point and maybe that's why they decided to go that route to say it multiple times i don't know yeah. i haven't seen it so i can't yeah it, i i think that's actually a good analogy it's one of those it's a song where you've heard the chorus three times and you really liked it but then they do it two more times and you're like okay I get it. <laughs> you know, we can, you know, it is, it is sort of that sort of thing, but you know, individually um, performances in this movie are great. Uh, Ken is hilarious. Margot Robbie is uh, just awesome in this. I mean, she, she has such a interesting character arc in this. Um, Will Ferrell also really funny. Enjoyed him. Simu Liu from you may remember from um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He is also another one of the Ken dolls. Uh, Michael Sarah plays Alan, which I did not know was part of the Barbie universe. And interesting, interestingly enough, he's the only Alan in the you know, Barbie land. He's one of a kind, and he's 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 very funny. Um, and, and there's dolls have gone up in price. As well, the Allen dolls yeah. people on eBay for like crazy money. Yeah, Kate McKinnon, great. America Ferrera, she's um, <laughs> she's a good actor, but I do think she plays an extremely similar character in a lot of things that I've seen her in. Unfortunately, what is Danny um, Mc? Who? Danny McBride. He's not in this. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. His performances, yet you didn't like America Ferreros. Yet America is a woman and Danny McBride's a man. You've called me on my privilege, Ryan. Yeah. So I've I've changed my mind. She's not a good actor. <laughs> now she's she's fine. I think that any movie where you've got a monologue in it, it's kind of it's one of those like show don't tell. And when I see a scene like this, where it's literally just a character, like talking about their motivations, I can't help, but keep thinking about crimes of Grindelwald where they had that circle and it was 20 minutes of people going, well, I'm this character and here's how I got here up to this point. And it's like, Oh man, (laughs) like you just don't information without anybody asking. It's like whenever you have somebody start telling you the life fucking story and you're like, yeah, just said hello to you it's that type of shit in movies that just bugs me you know even if i agree with what you're saying it's like there's got to be a better way of getting this across (laughs) but it's not natural like for people people don't communicate like that so it's like well you and me do all the time we're always talking about our origin stories for 10 minutes at a time then the other person starts talking (laughs) i mean if i'm going to be honest anybody tells me life story after i meet them immediately i am trying to get the hell out of the car <laughs> i will not be like talking to this person here. again 
<laughs> yeah, something's off here. There's something that I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> oh yeah. But um I mean I I would recommend Barbie, especially if you haven't seen it. It is a it's a fun movie. Um I wouldn't necessarily say it's one for kids. Not for younger kids at least. Um but it is a it's a fun movie. It's very colorful, very creative. Very well done, except for maybe just that one monologue scene that's just kind of bothered me a little bit. <laughs> is that and again? It's only seen in the movie. No, she's in it throughout. She's the one who's like, um, she, she's the one who's drawn like different types of Barbies, where she's doing like depression Barbie, thoughts of death Barbie, and stuff like that. Where she's just she's yeah. kind of doodling, and she works in. The way that they depict Mattel headquarters in this, it's just this big gray building that's only men work at. And it's <laughs> in extreme stark contrast to, you know, the, the toys and everything that they produce. <laughs> it's just this cold hospital they work in. To which you said that you were kind of surprised Mattel would even sign off on looking like such a big guy yeah because right for the movie starts huge mattel logo splashed across the screen i'm like interesting that they're basically the villains in this before everyone kind of learns a lesson and everyone does kind of learn a lesson like eventually things kind of go back to normal but i think barbie was ba her journey was she went from i want everything to stay the same i'm confused i don't like change and she Finds she sort of finds herself and what it means to be herself, um, and also she kind of learns to not take other people for granted. So even though Ken did some fucked up stuff, he's kind of and sort of is the villain in this as well. It's coming from a place of not feeling maybe appreciated or noticed enough, which again is not a reason to turn into a super villain, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of hokey and a a, a bit, <laughs> you know, kind of like that. But the, everyone kind of learns a lesson, so things normal service kind of resumes, but with a few changes to be like, okay, well, I guess everyone sort of learned a lesson enough and all that stuff. <laughs> um. So, yeah. <laughs> Every it's it well everyone winds up happy in the end in their own way in the way that they kind of need to be, um, but there definitely or, will be a sequel, <laughs> or, or somewhat like the end of the Dark Knight, right? You know where he drives off and they're like, "Hey, use you make you look like the villain." You understood what was going on. It was not a happy ending, but it also kind of gave way for sequel because. You're chasing the happy ending. Can't get there. Then these other shows, they just give it up free. Hey, here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one to, it's an interesting one to analyze. I, I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, I'd say it's a, like a seven out of 10 for me. I, I did really enjoy it, and it is a genuinely a really funny movie at parts. Um, but uh, yeah, just not maybe not you know not not like the best thing I've ever seen. I'm not gonna lie, but it's a it's a good fun movie, and you know it's also here's another plus side of it: an hour forty five minutes. Yes, as opposed to <laughs> off timer, uh, which is like three hours or two hours and some change. Just a 
big old wank fist. <laughs> yeah. I well, I hear Florence Pugh in that movie is completely naked. Oh well. Like so I there... said, we're booking our tickets this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, anyways, Barbie's good. Looking forward to that. And uh, certainly, check out those other movies we mentioned. Unless, of course, you don't feel like it. And then don't. We're, n- we're not here to tell you what to do. Yeah, just really think about it before you do it. These are just our thoughts. And we're also not that committed to them, to be honest. I am super committed to all my thoughts. Turtle. <laughs> Great. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, not that great. Mission Impossible, pretty good. Anyways, vote for Clint Harrington. Good. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, well, that will uh, that'll about do us for for this week on Almost Accurate. Anything else you want to add before we break for the evening ride? No, my bitch ass about to go to sleep, playboy. All right. Guys, thank you for listening. Good to be back. We'll be back two weeks, I think, and we'll be talking about a movie or a TV show or a video game or all of the above, but probably it's, it's, at least one of them. <laughs> it would seem like we don't know what we're thinking about doing next week. We already know. It's going to keep you in suspense. Exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, until next time. And, oh, wow, shit. <laughs> I almost forgot. It's been so long. Yeah, 99, bitches. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.